Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 76 In Judah, God is known. His name is great in Israel. His abode has been established in Salem, his dwelling place in Zion. There he broke the flashing arrows, the shield, the sword, and the weapons of war. Glorious are you, more majestic than the everlasting mountains. The stout-hearted were stripped of their spoil. They sank into sleep. None of the troops was able to lift a hand. At your rebuke, O God of Jacob, both rider and horse lay stunned. But you indeed are awesome. Who can stand before you when once, when once your anger is roused? From the heavens you uttered judgment. The earth feared and was still when God rose up to establish judgment, to save all the oppressed of the earth. Human wrath serves only to praise you. When you bind the last bit of your wrath around you, make vows to the Lord your God and perform them. Let all who are around him bring gifts to the one who is awesome, who cuts off the spirit of princes, who inspires fear in the kings of the earth. Ezekiel chapter 30, verses 20 through 26. In the eleventh year, in the first month, on the seventh day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me. Mortal, I have broken the arm of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. It has not been bound up for healing or wrapped with a bandage that it may become strong and wield the sword. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, I am against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and will break his arms, both long, both the strong arm and the one that was broken. And I will make the sword fall from his hand. I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations and disperse them throughout the lands. I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon and put my sword in his hand. But I will break the arms of Pharaoh and will groan before him with the groans of one mortally wounded. I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon, but the arms of Pharaoh shall fall. And they shall know that I am the Lord, when I put my sword into the hand of the king of Babylon. He shall stretch it out against the land of Egypt, and I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations, and disperse them throughout the countries. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. The Gospel of John, chapter 16, verses 25 through 33. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures, but will tell you plainly of the Father. On that day you will ask in my name. I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I am leaving the world and I am going to the Father. His disciples asked. His disciples said, Yes, now you are speaking plainly, not in any figure of speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need to have any, any question to have anyone question you. By this we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? The hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each one to his home, and you will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have said this to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you face persecution. But take courage. I have conquered the world.
Good morning and welcome to the 25th Wednesday after Pentecost, also the final Wednesday in Ordinary Time. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 76, Ezekiel 30, and John 16. But November 24th is also the feast day of a soldier saint by the name of Menas. Menas uh, is sometimes um, considered to be from Egypt, Algeria, um, and also, I can't remember the other, uh, like his birth birthplace. But Menas was one of the soldier saints who was alive and served during the uh, Diocletian Diocletian's persecution. Um, but what sets Menas apart is he and his um, parents were uh, Christians, and they uh, performed ascetic practices, but his father was also a, uh, a governor or some kind of leader of one of the administrative divisions of Egypt. And Egypt was under direct imperial control. It was an imperial province. Um, and so he wasn't, his, his father, Eudoxus, was not a governor, a procurator, or any of those, but he had some kind of power. Um, unfortunately, he died when Menas was only 14 years old and probably searching for direction and structure. Um, Menas joins the military as soon as he's um, eligible at age 15. Um, but his his upbringing and his faith eventually catch up to him, and he leaves the military after a couple of years. Um, and he supposedly had some high rank because his father was, uh, you know, also had some high rank, uh, making him something, probably something like a tribune, but I can't be sure. Um, and, you know, there's differing accounts as to where he served. Um, it's most likely Fergia um, or Algeria, hence his, his um, part of his name, Menace of, of Algeria. Algeria. Um, but he leaves the military and devotes or redevotes his life to Christ and becomes a monk and a hermit for an unknown number of years, probably just a handful. I mean, that would have been right around the time of the uh, Diocletianic persecution. And as the story goes, he hears that um, the emperor is persecuting soldiers and Christians, and so he... Um, he has this vision or dream where Christ tells him, you are, you are blessed and you have three crowns, one for celibacy, one for asceticism, and a third for martyrdom. And he took that as a call to go seek out martyrdom. And sure enough, he went to the ruler, uh, nearby ruler, and declared his Christian faith, and he was executed for being a Christian. Um, and... Some of the stories also have this like follow-up where the soldier that executed him tried to uh, immolate himself, burn himself to death, and it, he couldn't do it. The flames wouldn't hurt his body. Um, but somehow his body is returned, that Menace's body is returned to uh, Alexandria where there's a church that's built uh, in his name. Um, and... Uh, since then, there's been, you know, the, he's, Menace is much more known in the Byzantine church, the Eastern church, um, not so much on in the Western church, but uh, there's also some 
connection between he and St. Christopher um, due to some, I think, like Coptic or Syriac spelling. Some people think that maybe they're the same person. Um, but he's certainly one of this, these like cookie-cutter military martyrs. The thing that sets him apart, in, in my mind, A, is um, his parents were both Christians. Um, Martin of Tours, for example, his mother was Christian, his father was not. Um, and so there's these subtle differences between soldier saints where you can tell them apart and you can, you can kind of assume uh, you know, what's historically more um, credible because it stands out. Uh, you know the thing that's kind of like attached on to, uh, you know the 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 template. That's probably the thing that's closest to you know historical veracity. Um, <clears throat> but he also spent several years as a monk. Probably was discharged dishonorably or something like it. Um, but if he was a tribune, he didn't have to do a full twenty or twenty-five year stint in the army. Um, so it's possible he just resigned a commission to become a monk and a hermit. Um, but he also seeks out martyrdom, which had a mixed reputation in the early church. Um, as today, we kind of think like, you shouldn't seek out martyrdom. If it finds you, then fine. You don't shrink from it. But don't go f you know, seeking it out, which um, the legends suggest that Menace almost certainly did. With that being said, um, tomorrow is Thanksgiving, and I will not be recording. Um, but Friday, because it's not a holiday, and because uh, you know, commercial holiday, I think is particularly troubling for um, devout Christians. Um, I will be recording on Friday to make it clear that I don't think it's a holiday. Um, but you won't hear from me tomorrow on Thursday. I hope everybody has a really good harvest festival. Um, if you don't want to call it Thanksgiving, I have some growing misgivings with that myself, given my interest in history and some of the the historical inaccuracies that we perpetuate about Thanksgiving. But I think it's a great time to come together and celebrate. Uh, it's essentially the same kind of feast we used to have on Martin Mass on November 11th. It's just the end of the harvest, the beginning of the cold weather and preparing for a long winter, um, whether that's Thanksgiving or Martin Mass or Fall Festival or Fall Solstice, like I think those are good and important. Um, but I think some of the stories that we've told ourselves about Thanksgiving, um, we now know enough to know are pretty messed up. Um, not just what actually happened, but also how the story of it got um, altered and polished and whitewashed. Um, but um, that isn't to say we shouldn't celebrate. It's just the meaning that we give to these things is up to us. And the meaning that we've typically given to Thanksgiving in America, um, I'm not sure I, I, I can vouch for something that we now know is, is almost certainly kind of a fabrication. Um, but I do hope everybody has a wonderful um, day off, day of rest and day of family and food and um, Eucharist, quite frankly, which means Thanksgiving. Um, and I will, you'll hear from me again on Friday. A prayer for the harvest of lands and waters from the Book of Common Prayer. 
O gracious God, who opens your hand and fills all things living with plenteousness, bless the lands and waters and multiply the harvests of the world. Let your spirit go forth that it may renew the face of the earth. Show your loving kindness that our land may give her increase and save us from selfish use of what you give, that men and women everywhere may give you thanks. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.